Here we go again with the Andrew Curtis Show. And this time around, I thought I would treat myself. If you haven't ever watched Parks and Rec, do it. That's your homework assignment. Treat myself to um, a topic that was playing around in my head. And fortunately, somebody immediately came to mind who I just thought would be perfect uh, as a guest for today. Because I was thinking about creativity. Um, I've talked about some kind of heavier topics lately, but the thought that was in my mind was to do something around creativity. And the cool thing is that I happen to know someone who, to me, well, expresses a level of creativity in a really, really cool way. Um, Her name is Neva Leota, and she is um, the, what do you call it? Managing director, there you go, of Little Dormouse Cakes. Um, She designs and creates i'm using hand gestures right now to try and find words um creates the most incredible cakes you have ever seen um she's made uh you know tree stumps and chainsaws she's made mermaids she's made uh all sorts of stuff um and i just thought like wow that seemed amazing to me so uh, she was the one that i had to talk to and the fun thing about this particular story is um I actually have spoken to her now twice because the first time was a week ago and I managed to screw up the audio. Um, There's a funny little quirk with the um, recording system that I used that basically meant um, I packed down in the wrong order and ended up crashing the um, sound software. There you go. Did you know you could do that? I found out. Boy, did I find out. Um, But nevertheless, I thought, well, look, you know what? this could still be pretty damn cool. So we went for round two, Neva and I, and if you want to hear a a journey of how you go from, um, I don't know, really looking for an authentic way to express that creativity, uh, the creative gift that you've been given, Neva's story is awesome. And she just so happens to be one of my favorite people in the whole world. So here's Neva. Okay, so round two. Yes. This is actually kind of fascinating for me because I I had this moment um, when after we recorded last time around, and I pulled that thing out and I was, the thing crashed and I lost all the audio, but I had this thought that went through my mind that says, well, when you do this kind of stuff, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen? And I thought, well, you could record an entire podcast and then lose all the audio. So I said, I have now experienced the worst thing that could possibly happen. Mm, sweet. You're fine. I know. Right? <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay. And then I was honestly thinking, cause we, I mean, I love the stuff that we talked about last time around as well, but I'm thinking, mm. well, this is kind of uncharted territory cause I've never had like you know, the situation where I've had this whole conversation and there's all this kind of background info. And now it's like, okay, do we talk about the same stuff again? Where does the conversation go? I don't know, neither. Well, we'll find out. Won't we, though? (laughs) (laughs) If we have to bleep stuff out, so be it. Yeah, no. So, you are a cake-making extraordinaire. I am. You are. (laughs) Thank you very much. I'm glad that you can say that as well because I even, you know, said to you before too that um, the mermaid cake um that uh, you posted a photo of just recently mm. um and the process you were telling me about with that is a level of creativity that i can honestly not relate to um blows my mind oh i loved making that yeah so that cake um it was topsy-turvy as well did you notice that in the photo so it each cake was on a an angle yeah and then of course the next one sitting on it oh, went right. on the opposite angle and the bottom of it was narrower than the top. Okay. Yeah. So construction-wise, quite a lot of work involved. <laughs> and then I had to deliver it to the venue in four boxes, like okay. one per tier, not 
and then assemble it at the venue because I couldn't actually lift it once it was fully assembled. Oh, yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, it's too heavy. Yeah. I'm too small. <laughs> I need, like, Valerie Adams to come and be my cake delivery person. <laughs> She's quite strong, eh? Um, yeah, so... And then it was an airbrushed finish. Yeah. So, um, and you're showing me that. Like, I, I had no idea you could get airbrushing tools for cakes. Wow, but, and in pink. And no in, less. Well, naturally. Because <laughs> if one is going to get an airbrushing tool, then one may as well get it in pink. Yes, although they do have metallic purple, which um, my daughter was quite keen on. She was uh, a bit disappointed that I didn't get the metallic purple. Well, fair, now you know what to get her for Christmas, right? Yeah, I'm more of a pink girl. Yeah. yeah. Yes, so... It's good fun airbrushing cakes, actually. So um, so let's talk about the, that journey, because again, we, we did talk about this a week or so mm. ago, but it'll be interesting. Maybe the story changes this time. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you never know with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when I was working in the Foreign Legion, what? Um, so this process of, of now having a, I guess, a creative occupation um, mm. is not what you've always done. No, I started off, um, I did very sensible school subjects and mm-hmm. university subjects. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was always keen on doing crafts and arty kind of things, but I never did art. Um, and I always enjoyed looking at art mm-hmm. and admiring art and sort of thought, oh, I wish I could do that. Yeah. Um, and then when I first started out in my working life, I worked for a export company yeah. creating sh- shipping documents which you can't get more admin than that that is all deadlines and admin and knowing the rules think about it. Like, off by heart yeah, yeah. oh man <laughs> like you have to literally know the export rules for the product you're because mm. I was dealing with food stuff so mm. my first job was in a meat export company mm-hmm. so there are really strict regulations around international um sale of meat and the conditions it is shipped in and mm. things like that and then I went on to work for the dairy board which is now Fonterra doing yeah. dairy products so right. similarly again anytime you're working with something um, perishable mm. there are rules and regulations you have to know the rules for New I'm Zealand. I'm rolling my eyes everybody I'm rolling my <laughs> He's eyes. He's rolling his eyes <laughs> you have to know the rules for New Zealand and for your export market as well um, when I worked for the dairy board I dealt with Vietnam mm-hmm. Hong Kong and Myanmar mm-hmm. and um, and Thailand and the Philippines Southeast Asia basically and um, yeah each each country has different rules like you would think Thailand Myanmar are they really two separate I mean I know <laughs> yeah. they're two separate countries but yeah. they're literally yeah, but someone yeah. just yeah. you know mowed a line between exactly. them exactly <laughs> exactly does the ground know that and there's a border there I don't think it does anyway, you know yeah. the military runs one country and yeah. who knows who runs the other yeah but I could probably get sued for that <laughs> <laughs> anyway the I apologize is, to anyone from yeah. Thailand or yeah. Myanmar thank if you I my have... international listenership is is such that yeah. that is necessary yeah if uh, I've misrepresented yeah. your beautiful nation I apologize um, <laughs> there's no way I'm cutting this out of the final thing by the way no, so I know, you know that. I know that's why I'm apologizing <laughs> <laughs> but the the um import regulations there are dramatically yeah. different from oh. each other oh god well let's stop talking about import regulations yeah. because I'm thinking about you as I know you now and then I don't know if you can kind of cast your mind back so when you were in that kind of situation I mean how were you feeling about that kind of work was that just the way things were like I mean I know you now to be such a creative force so 
I'm thinking, were you drinking heavily on the side? Like, how did you, you know, what was going on? Um, I think you just have to wear the hat. You know, you just have to put on the role. Mm-hmm. And you can still be yourself, but if that's your job to know those things and it's your job to meet the deadlines, mm. then you have to really invest into that. You have to invest your energy into that and into learning and in any job I've worked, I've worked so many different jobs, petrol station, mm. concrete sales, um, Because when I look accounts. at you, I think that woman knows about concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. No. <laughs> no, I was the worst. I used to get told off by the truck booking guy all the time because I would totally stuff up all the truck bookings. Oh, I yeah. just couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, accounts, accounts, so many accounts jobs. Just, uh. oh. <laughs> but... Is that just a, like, at the risk of getting into really kind of, I don't know, feminism? Um, is that, I mean, that's just partly like girls get told to get accounts jobs. Yeah, you're a girl. Here, come put the numbers in the right column. Yeah. I think you can handle that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what is that, right? But is that, I mean, is that fair from your perspective? I'm saying this is a guy, so, you know, but my observations tends to be that, oh, it's the girls. They can do the account stuff. They like that. Seems to be all the girls, doesn't it? Yeah. Any company I've worked in, yeah. there's usually a male accountant mm-hmm. and then a whole lot of females working underneath them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah. yeah. And girls, you can do better. You heard yeah. it. You heard it here first. There are more exciting jobs. And <laughs> personally, I doubt that young adult males get offered those kind of, here, yeah, have a part-time two-day-a-week accounts role. Yeah, true. Um, mm. But that's what it was. So when you're in that space, though, I mean, you mentioned you got to wear that hat. That's fine. But I mean, were you telling yourself, I got to wear this hat for a year, five years, ten years? Like, what was the? Because I, I get that there are often situations that are not ideal. But when you've got this kind of creative spark going on as well, I mean, you might not have seen that as an option to express in your work back then. I don't know. So no. what were you telling yourself? Like, um, it it depends. Like the job at the concrete place was. Ugh particularly yep. grim um mm. but i think i made it my business to learn as much as i could about each place i worked mm-hmm. and you know it, it's almost like getting to know a person the more right. you get to know them it, even if you start off perhaps with an initial personality clash often when you get to know the person behind the the mm. front personality mm. then you actually appreciate new things about them and sure. and yeah. you um you gain an admiration for them mm. and i think i that was sort of my focus in any job i've had was just find out everything about what you do and what this company mm. does so that you can be the best employee mm. and i guess that just comes down to work ethic really sure. but a lot of the time I remember emailing a friend going, I don't even know why I'm in this job. I'm going crazy. We need to have lunch because, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's sometimes, and sometimes that's reality that yeah. you do, you are going a bit stir crazy. Sure. But I think you need, you know, the bad days make us appreciate the good days. The bad jobs make us appreciate the good jobs. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when you need an income you need an income and you've yep. got to do what it takes mm. can we go on pause I can smell my cake oh <laughs> I can yes, smell there's can. a cake in the oven and I can Let's smell it smells ready let take a break ready. for cake <laughs> sorry I can just 
Well, the depressing news, everybody, is that pause for cake was not cake for us. It's just cake in general. <laughs> it's cake. So what's that cake going to be? You mentioned that cake is going to be a wine box with a wine bottle inside it. And wow. um, yeah, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be like a wood grain finish. And I can't wait for the photo. Yeah. So talking then about how we've got you talk about your, in your schooling, you did practical kind of subjects, mm. your, your first kind of work. Uh, experiences in those kind of administrative kind of roles so where does creativity start to surface for you in the midst of all of this Um, well I guess um, like I was brought up in a very creative home my mum sews Mm. beautifully she makes wedding dresses and she's very clever okay Um, and actually she went back to university to learn dressmaking um, after she'd finished raising us children and uh-huh. sold her business and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then my dad built boats in the lounge. <laughs> he, yeah. He, I love the mental picture of that. Yeah, a sailing dinghy yeah. and a really big canoe that he took surfing at Whanganaki. <laughs> Rock and roll, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and both my grandmothers taught me things like embroidery and um, tapestry and you know various needlework knitting Mm -hmm. all that sort of thing so all those sort of crafty things rather than arty I think I'm from very crafty kind of kind of a hands-on kind of creativity yeah very much so very practical creativity yeah Um, right so then I'm still fascinated to know then because your creativity is very much in the artistic side so how did that fight its way to the surface did you I mean was it kind of one of those things where I mean look I know of some who with that artistic side I thought oh well that's just frivolous or something and have even been embarrassed about it um I don't know if that was your journey or not at all but it just seems quite different from everything else you've told me about your background there so (laughs) I just I always had a project on the side I mean Uh look you're sitting here in my lounge room you can see that I've got a project on the side over there which is a chair yeah and it's a it's just so you know guys this was a originally a what Kermit 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 Green and uh, it's been immaculately painted, spray painted black. And now there is this process of affixing, what's that, felt? This is a profusion of felt flowers. A profusion. <laughs> now that is an underused word. Yes. Profusion. Now, okay. I cut all those flowers out by hand. It took quite a long time. Um, they're all different and yeah. they're all really bright colours and this is going in one of my daughter's bedrooms. Um, <laughs> I think I would have got to about four of those flowers before I went, you know what, this is stupid, I didn't want to do this anyway and thrown the chair out the window. I think we got to that point after about the fourth <laughs> flower and then we kept going. <laughs> Perseverance, Andrew, it's okay. what you learn working right. in jobs you You're hate. right, that's Perseverance. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all my character, Mum. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I always have had a creative project on the side, mm, okay. um, be it making some clothes or making a crazy chair covered in felt flowers that uh-huh. everyone says, oh, do you think we'll be able to sit on that? Yeah, um, or, that was my thought. Or painting a table or uh-huh. um, when I was pregnant with my youngest child, I decided to take up painting. Okay. And What have you painted? Um, flowers usually. Uh-huh. Bit one dimensional, I know, but it's more um, than I painted, so don't worry. Yeah, but I basically yeah. taught myself to paint out of a book. Really? Yeah, and um, and quite enjoyed it. Really, someone even bought one of my paintings once. I haven't 
done any painting for ages because I just have it's really time consuming. What do they tell you? Like I'm I'm actually kind of I, I went to an art gallery for the first time in a long time a few weeks ago just because I realized for me in terms of the whole creative space like art was where I've got this big void of knowledge like I just don't know anything I can look at a painting and go yeah it's a painting um <laughs> but that whole thing like for me art and even kind of sculpture which I guess we'll get onto a bit because to be honest I consider what you do a kind of form of sculpture anyway um so with painting like what's the when the, do you remember any of the stuff that they kind of walk you through because I'm just fascinated to know you know, when you go from non-painting to painting, what are, the, what are the things they start to tell you? Well, this was a very easy guide to painting and basically you, but they teach you how to get the image onto the canvas so then you can paint it in uh-huh. and um, using pastels and then you go over it in shades of grey, basically. Uh-huh. So you paint your image in in shades of grey and yeah. then go over it with the colour. Uh-huh. It gives it a real depth and it shows you where to put the shading and huh. it was actually a very easy way to start painting. Right. So um, it's possibly not what you'd learn at uh, Elam. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it worked for me. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I actually really enjoy painting and I think one day when I'm elderly, mm-hmm. I want to so live... So 40 or 50 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. I want to live by the sea with mm-hmm. a little dog. Mm-hmm. And some chickens, and I want to paint. And and Dave too, right? He's like nine years older than me, so he <laughs> might not make it. <laughs> I'm just quite practical as well. That is the best response <laughs> ever. Oh, bless. Good. No, if he's still mm. kicking, he can. He, he can. can come he too, can come. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm sure he'll be thrilled he to know when he listens yeah. to this later on that he's still in the in the long term plan. Poor man. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. So you've always had these kind of things going on then. Um, And then fortunately, after a while, you you did end up with a slightly more kind of creative role, right? That's right. Tell me how that came to happen. With the last company I worked for, I started off in accounts. Surprise. Um, But after about a year of that, I got moved on to a more creative role. initially working with graphic designers and Mm -hmm. and things like that and sort of trying to tell them what to do which they didn't really do um and then but merging more into event management and Uh that was what i did a lot of and i was very fortunate to have um my boss was also a very close friend so Mm -hmm. um she really allowed me to explore my creativity um create stage sets and table settings and all sorts of Mm. crazy things you know whatever my little heart desired really I, if there was a, an appropriate event for it I could usually work it in mm. so it was it was a really good opportunity for me to yeah I sorry when you're saying that I, I I remember thinking um and this is kind of a funny word to use but I think sometimes when you've got that kind of a whatever your passion might be I think sometimes you're looking for somebody to give you permission to go after it yeah you know like I mean because I totally relate even though i've never done accounts roles specifically either um that you know certain jobs you take or whatever because it's the right thing to do or because blah 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 whatever the reason because you need a job (laughs) because you need a job and apparently you know you can't pay the rent with good intentions so no that's never worked for me (laughs) yeah but but to suddenly have an environment where somebody makes space um i'm very aware and and quite grateful for 
you can't kind of manufacture that environment like for some yeah. it's a moment of grace for mm-hmm. me that suddenly you end up working with somebody who goes hey you're really good at this thing why don't you do that and you're like oh you mean i don't have to do the things that i hate doing anymore or at least not as much of them because look there's always something the point is yeah yeah i still had to do the things i didn't necessarily yeah. Yeah. like you know yeah make budgets and yeah sure and then stick to them what's with that (laughs) (laughs) but um yes i was basically i was given permission yeah and um i think we need more of that in the workplace more of finding out where people's talents lie Mm -hmm. where their interests lie because often if you're interested in something you'll become good at it you'll Mm. put as you and i were discussing earlier you put more energy into the things that you like yeah and and the things that you love so mm. why not explore that a bit more with people in the workplace it mm. makes them more product productive in the end it actually reminds me of a conversation i had with a um a young guy oh, maybe a year or so ago and saying you know what is it you want to do and and there's that that kind of almost kind of resignation and and you know when people try and describe what it is they're looking for they can't and they can tell you what they don't want real easy but if they tell you what they're looking for, and I had a moment of insight when I was talking to him, and um, I was like, oh, well, I'm not really sure, maybe this, maybe that, and what I said to him at the time, and then I said to myself, is that, I said, well, actually, I said, I think you know what you want to do. He said, but for some reason, everybody's told you you can't do it. So now you're desperately looking for the thing that's close enough to what you want to do, but other people will let you do it. Yeah, that's so true. Because it can be family, it can be yourself, you know? I know I've done that with one of my children. Yeah. 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 He thinks he's going to be a football player in England, and I'm like, dude, (laughs) get real. Yeah. But then I was thinking today, you know, we do actually have to support people's dreams, even if they're unrealistic, because it's actually not our problem if it's unrealistic. Well, that's it. it Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And even that idea too, like, because in in my work now, I I do a lot of kind of career-based stuff as well. And that idea that even, you know, when you're asking, you know, you're asking a 13, 14 year old, right? Like we do this now, I've done this. And now mm. I want to slap myself in retrospect. Because you go to like a 13, 14 year old and say, so what do you want to do when you grow up? And like most people that I know that are still in their like even 40s and 50s are still kind of, that's still evolving, that's still developing. Yeah. Um, but this idea that you should have a picture of what it is that you're about and that that won't change. I, I know very few people whose journey hasn't detoured all over the shop, and mm. that's been fine. But we, we somehow expect that we should be able to go, no, I will think of the one thing, and I will do this forever, and it will be amazing, and I will stay the same person for the rest of my life. Yeah, I didn't have a clue. Yeah. And that's one reason I faffed around in all these yeah. admin jobs, because everyone told me you're very sensible. Yeah, uh, right, right. <laughs> unfortunately, I was. Now I think I'm a little bit less sensible, actually. Yeah. I'm embracing my non-sensible so tell me about that. How has that started to come out for you? <laughs> well, just things like starting a cake business. Yeah. I didn't actually set out to start a cake business. Mm. I um, Just a friend asked for a cake, and then another friend asked for a cake, and then I put up a Facebook page. Yeah. Put some cakes on it, and yeah. and then I was asked to do a really crazy cake, so I tried it, and it mm-hmm. worked, and mm-hmm. yeah, here I am. Yeah. But I think we knew, like, you got to take a few risks in life, and I've always been a bit risk-averse, typical eldest child. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, very risk-averse. Yeah. And I think now that I'm getting older, 
you know, in my early 40s. Um, not that much older, but, you know. <laughs> old enough. <laughs> old enough. Old enough to not actually care too much now what yeah. people think of me. Yeah. And to know that we'll be okay yeah. one way or another. Mm. And that things that would have really worried me and stressed me out mm. in my younger days now, mm. I'm like, eh. Yeah. You know. So what if the car brake lights are broken or, you know, yeah. <laughs> we'll get them fixed. It'll so, be all right. Yeah, no. Well, like I said to you with, you know, even that experience I had of, you know, when this our first round of this didn't work out mm. and you suddenly go, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing that could happen. If I think back to, you know, early 20s me versus now, you'd be like, oh no, I'm such an idiot. I can't believe it. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And then you're just like, huh. Oh, well. Yeah. You stop beating yourself up, don't you? You do. A, a lot more, you know. <laughs> I hear some people say like, oh, I'd love to be in my 20s again. I'm like, really? No. Would you? I wouldn't. No. Life did begin at 30. They weren't kidding. Well, for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I was much more excited about turning 30 than I was about tw- turning 25, actually. So oh, yeah? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, what were we talking about? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Cakes and stuff, probably. Cakes and stuff. Yeah. Yes, and taking risks, and so I mean, even for this, I'm you know, where this this cake business is at for you now as well. Um, I mean, this is a thing you might do for you know. Have you given much thought for how long you want to do it for, or is it just like, hey, I'm just in the moment and seeing what happens with it? Hmm. Yeah, about once every sort of four or five weeks, I think I'm stopping this right now. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Where does that thinking come from? That's interesting. <laughs> and usually when I've been up all night and something's still not quite working out, and it's yeah, all sure. just gotten a bit stressful. Mm-hmm. And um, What makes it stressful for you? Like, what's, what's the process, what's the thinking that, that generates that stress for you? Well, I want to deliver a perfect product every time. Right. But as we all know, weather happens. <laughs> um, and humid weather particularly mm. makes life very stressful for the cake decorator because mm. cakes sweat. Yeah. Um, that was a revelation for me when you told me the other they day. They don't like humidity. Yeah. Fondant sort of sucks up water and spits it back out again. Uh-huh. Um, so the mermaid... The mermaid... Oh. <laughs> the mermaid cake... <laughs> Do you want to try that again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The mermaid cake that we were um, discussing earlier... Yeah. I had to deliver it on a very rainy night and the airbrush colour didn't dry, which normally it dries in a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. It did not dry at all. There was blue everywhere. Yeah. There was blue up my nose. There was blue all over my hands. There was blue on my forehead. There was blue. I think though it would have added to the aquatic kind of look, right? Because you would have had this watery sheen on the whole thing. So maybe they thought you were a genius. I was so irritated. <laughs> so irritated. And then it had white... All different sized balls of white fondant and um, some gumballs, even uh-huh. and some white sort of um, sprinkle things, mm-hmm. and they were sticking really well because the cake was sticky and wet. Yeah. But if one of them rolled down, it left like a trail uh-huh. of white down yeah. the cake, and oh, it it was just quite dramatic. Yeah. I also feel quite stressed delivering cakes. I usually oh, yeah. feel like I'm going to hurl. Oh, really? Yeah, I get really, really stressed delivering cakes. It's so strange. Really? I had to deliver a wedding cake to um, Bucklands Beach. Uh-huh. And it was a four-tier cake. Yeah. 
that um, some people would call it a deconstructed cake or an open wedding cake. Basically, each tear is cut in half. Uh-huh. Um, vertically. Yeah. <laughs> Waving my hand up and down. What is this? <laughs> and then when you put it on the board, you separate it out, you stack the tears. And yeah. then, so it was like an open. Oh, right, okay. It was like already opened up. Yeah. With flowers down the open oh, sides. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I remember you telling so, me about that one. Yeah, that was very stressful. I made my husband come with me mm-hmm. and drive while I sat in the back and basically <laughs> and cried loving, around And lovingly each, caressed yeah, the cake for how long? Cuddled, it, cuddled yeah. it around the corners for 45 <laughs> minutes and, you know, tried not to cry. Yeah. Yeah. You can drink water, it's fine. Yeah, Go I over need it. to. That's all right. <laughs> Cheers. Okay, so that creates some of this. Is, is it just the whole thought of it not making it to the destination that stresses you out, or is it the moment the other person sees it? Yeah, I have dropped a cake or two, and that's <laughs> quite stressful too. Um, you just always want to deliver a premium product and yeah, and not drop it and mm-hmm. not wreck it, and mm-hmm. you know, often it leaves my house in pristine condition. Mm. Um. Transporting cakes is fraught with danger. <laughs> danger, <laughs> danger. It's fraught with danger. Um, and the other thing is that when things aren't working out for whatever reason, or I've just run out of time. Yeah, sure. That I find that quite mm. stressful. Mm. Um, so know, what do you like, keep, what do you keep doing it then? I don't seem to be able to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Cakeaholics Anonymous. <laughs> There's always new challenges. I can't turn them down because I yeah. just I want the challenge of making the cake. Cool. And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of the craziness of it. It's it's mental. I can't make it sound sensible. It's mental. But it's more fun that way. <laughs> I, I remember um, when I worked with uh, in a kind of a media agency at one point, and realizing that that that's the the conf- I guess the tension of being a creative, is that if you're going to do really good work, you can't help but invest your heart and soul into it. But the moment you do that, it becomes an extension of who you are. And I mean, I've joked with people and said it's it's kind of like if somebody doesn't like it, it's like being told, well, you've got an ugly baby. Like yes. this is this is me. Here's me as a, you know, this is something I've written or something I've composed or a cake that I've made. And it's never just a verdict on the product. It's I, I find it very hard for creativity not to bring with it a personal level of attachment. Exactly. Which people who aren't creative don't quite get, right? Like they, they look at a thing and they go, I'm just critiquing the thing. Why are you getting so upset? And you go, you don't understand. Yeah, you just told me my baby is ugly <laughs> <laughs> and fat. Um, that is exactly right. And and part of being a business owner, of course, is sometimes, yeah. sometimes you have to be realistic. Mm. People don't necessarily like it or... I mean, very few because I always I try really hard to please my customers, and yeah. I always want them to love what I have created for them. You know, mm. like mm. it's a very happy business to be in. You're helping them celebrate their special occasion. Sure. Um, people don't turn up grumpy to pick up cakes usually. They, you know, happy and excited, and yeah, and you want them to love it, and you want to. It's your way of saying <laughs> I celebrate you. Yes. <laughs> but then, even. I haven't had that much negative feedback. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you might get one, the odd person who says, oh, well, this was not what I was expecting or whatever. Oh, right. Um, 
but even getting no feedback is actually quite yeah. challenging. I find that mm. very challenging. Mm. And a lot of people just don't. And I've had to talk myself around to that because yeah. my head does this funny thing where I think they hated it. They yeah. didn't like it. They were disappointed. Yeah. Actually, no, they're just busy. Yeah. And no, they don't realize that you're so completely needy <laughs> and reliant on other people's encouragement, which I'm not. But when it comes to presenting something that I've created for them, yeah. then I just want to know that they loved it. But See, again, though, I, I feel like creative people are a little bit more honest, at least, about their their, their need for that. Because I, I do feel like everybody needs it. Yeah. That, that sense of, of being celebrated for what you do. And and people don't want to always be, you know, the employee of the month and have the picture put on a wall. Like some that would be a punishment, mm. right? Yeah. But to at least be able to acknowledge that I need to be appreciated for what I do and what I've done on a deeper level than just a pat on the back. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe Kiwi struggle with that in particular. It's a, I don't know. I've only ever lived here. But just at least saying I, I need someone to affirm what I've done, and particularly mm. when you've invested your heart and soul into it, at least it's being kind of honest because I've met people who be like, oh, no, I don't need that. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think everyone wants to hear those two little words. Well done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the Bible, God is going to say that to people when they walk in. Yeah, right. To heaven. So maybe that's what actually what we all need to hear is well done. Yeah. And yeah, I, I do actually, thrive on encouragement, yeah. I have to say. That's actually an interesting point, as you said that. I mean, thinking what is, you know, even even for for God Himself to say, okay, what's what's the thing that people want? Yeah. What, what's the ultimate reward that I can give you? By the way, this is what you're looking forward to, guys. Yeah. Is not first and foremost, you know, I'm going to give you a, you know, new house and a car or whatever it is. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. The first thing you're going to get is a well done. Yeah. What a concept. I hadn't thought of it like that before. We live for it. Neve. We all live for it. Mm. Yeah, well done. Well Two done. little words. Yeah. Say it, people. <laughs> <laughs> tell somebody well done yeah. today. Tell yourself. <laughs> yeah, tell yourself. That's a good point. <laughs> Don't wait for someone else to tell you because they might not. That's my experience anyway. <laughs> I am a competent cake decorator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you're an amazing cake decorator. So, but I mean, even you actually mentioned too, I mean that, you are. Um, you mentioned when you started off as well, you were just looking to do like very simple kind of stuff and I think it probably is pretty cool for people to hear how you came to these spectacular creations of yours um so what was that like because you mentioned too at the start of this whole process you didn't even believe you had the skills to do this kind of thing and the reason I I want to hear more about that is because when it comes to creativity I think there's a belief that either you have a talent for something or you don't um Mm -hmm. I've heard I mean I'm more a fay with music and I've heard that with people saying well you know either you can sing or you can't either you can play an instrument or you can't um, and then with art, you know, either you can paint or you can't, um, either you can sculpt or you can't. But you started from a place of, even from your own background, you've said here, you didn't do any art at school. You didn't do anything that gave you the skills inherently to do that. But you approached this thing and now you're creating these great creations. Um, so I want to hear about, about that process for you and, and, and I guess growing that creative spark in that direction. Hmm. Okay, well, I mean, just to talk about music for a second. Okay. I have a friend who did piano lessons as a child for many years, Uh but will readily tell anyone that she has no talent for it. And I think, (laughs) is that your phone? That is my phone. That's terrible. We're just going to pause that. (laughs) Um, I didn't leave my phone out, did I? Anyway, carry on. Yep. (laughs) 
Um, it, it's just not one of her favourite things, playing mm. the piano. But she faithfully did her piano lessons for many years because that is the kind of personality she mm. is, that she starts something, she finishes it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me... When I first started going to church, I was the most terrible singer. Trained my ear. Right. Got best singing in church trains your ear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So because you're not just listening to music um, passively, you're mm. actually participating in the music. Yeah, sure. So I think, yeah, there's talent. I'm not Adele, <laughs> <laughs> but I can actually, you know, generally stick to the tune now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's some wiggle room in that. You know, mm. there, yes, there are some really talented people out there mm. who things just sort of come naturally or seem to come naturally. Mm. But often we don't see the hard work they put in yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. And for me, so I learnt to bake when I was a child, baking with my mum when I was 12. I got first prize for my Madeira cake at school. <laughs> um, I learnt to cook my dad taught me how to cook family dinners and I cooked family dinners every night from the time I was 17 because my parents had a very busy business yeah um and just weren't home till 8 8 p.m ish so I just started I took up the cooking and eventually once I got my driver's license I took up the grocery shopping too Uh um and so once I I've got four children and um when they were little we always did a birthday party sometimes you know a family dinner and then a birthday party so Mm -hmm. they always got at least one cake yeah um and i loved making those but they were often very simple buttercream lollies you Mm -hmm. know one of them had a bright yellow number three just covered in lollies that was the best cake ever (laughs) it was for a third party right because it was like an eight you said ah three's fine no you're turning five (laughs) but you're having a number three (laughs) no um i don't know how to make fives i just know how to make threes actually for his fifth sixth birthday party he had a penguin um <laughs> and it had um potato sticks you know those little chips things oh yeah yeah for for its hair you know <laughs> spiky yellow hair <laughs> it was good fun you know yeah. I, I just liked doing this sort of yeah you know make a smile out of licorice or whatever mm-hmm. um and yeah like i said i left my job as an event manager just to really recharge the batteries, regroup, mm. um, take my life in a new direction, but I didn't know what direction. I just yeah. had been hankering after doing my own thing for a few cool. years. And um, what had stopped you? Money. Yeah. Yeah. I've got four children. Mm. Um, <laughs> life is expensive. <laughs> yeah. And they were in private school, and I didn't want to take them out. And which sounds really snobby. But actually, my whole wage went on the school and then, yeah. you know. Um, I'll make sacrifices for education. It sounds fairly noble to me. We sold our house to keep them in there. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the housing and market went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, one day they have to buy me a house. That's yeah, fair, well, fair enough. You know, well, each. <laughs> they have to buy your house each. The one that's going to play football for Manchester United can yeah, buy you- my house again. Okay? Damn right he can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Preferably in the south of France. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I. So, but had money now not become an issue for you when you decided to leave, or like? 
No, there were some circumstances in that job that meant that I couldn't stay there right. and still be me. Right. I Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just end up in a place where you're really not the most valuable player anymore you know sure. you're not the oh, I've, I've had that absolutely the team yeah. fit isn't fitting right yeah and if you're the person that can see that mm. and actually doesn't want to be there yeah. and work it through yeah you know sure. it's, it's all about choices right no totally um and i i just chose that i didn't actually want to go to the great lengths necessary to make that team environment work anymore mm-hmm. um, that I had given all I had to give to sure. that particular company and and that was it yeah was and it. I had hankered after doing my own thing for a long time yeah. and wondered when would be the right time to do it mm. and I just thought well it's now or never well because this is I guess why I asked because you know you said well the reason was money why I didn't do it and then mm. eventually you ended up doing anyway and the money yeah. situation hadn't changed right no the money situation hadn't changed you're quite right yeah <laughs> so the money was still the thing really so yep. so we made some changes the kids go to a different school now yeah um and no one died. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think we don't want to change because we're actually afraid. Oh, absolutely. To. And, yeah. you know, I say, you know, I don't, I don't actually care what other people think anymore. But mm. but at the same time, it, you, yeah, I've always been a bit risk averse, I guess. And you just think, oh, if I do that, what will, you know, yeah. what will it look like? And. Mm-hmm. I do tend to sort of weigh up way too many options. Yeah, sure. Um, and try and imagine the future and, <laughs> you know. It's, right. It's never as bad as you imagine it. It's mm. also never quite as amazing as you imagine it, but it's <laughs> never as bad as you imagine it. So right. that's the most important thing. Yeah. That, you know, life goes on. and. Well, I mean, that ability to be resilient in that too, that you, you, you will find a way. Mm. Like that in and of itself, I found quite a... Um, it's it's something I find you get I, I personally anyway get challenged on regularly because you, you, you make a choice you make a call you do the thing yeah. that you never thought you could do and you're like awesome and then you find a little way down the track that life requires you to do the same thing again <laughs> yes what's with that yeah <laughs> I've been resilient once can't we just call it a day I took that box I did the box. hard thing and I that was good I got my resilience badge and yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I'd like to get some other badge mm. like millionaire mm. <laughs> mm. But isn't it cool, though, that you had that opportunity to at least have permission to go after a creative angle? Because I imagine yes. if you didn't have that, you would have gone back to accounts. Oh, no. 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 Never no? again. Never again. No. I don't. Well, I actually did. When I left that job, I initially took a, a sort of a PA job. Ha. Told um, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, never. Well, actually, yes, yeah. I did. There you go. Well, it wasn't accounts. It was PA. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> Just picking a fight. You but know, I fine. didn't last long. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was just like, no, I just can't. I I mm. just can't do what everybody else wants me to do anymore. Wow. Mm. I guess when you get to that point, you know you have to do your own thing. Well, look, I um, I was talking to um, a class at Long Bay College yesterday. Um, and I used this example that I've done with... Um, all sorts of different training stuff but you know about when people thought the world was flat 
and, and what kind of came with it. Um, that there was a whole th- bunch of things like for sailors, for example, how they'd keep somebody up the mast the whole time to keep an eye out for the edge of the world. And, you know, because you don't want to go off the edge of the world, right? If the world's no. flat. That makes sense. I don't begrudge anyone, you know, if you think you're going to fall off the edge of the world, do something about it. Um, you know, and they carried a whole bunch of anchors and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then when suddenly they realized the world was round, it changed a whole bunch of their behaviors. Um, but what's really struck with me when I first heard that analogy from somebody else is that, you know, you can't go back to living like the world's flat when you know that it's round. Yes, that's so true. Because living like the world's flat weighs you down, right? Yeah. If you're carrying all those anchors. Yeah. Well, and, and just <laughs> you, you know it's not true anymore. You can't, mm. you can't suddenly pretend once you've had... Because I know this messes with some people, but I mean, you know, there are truths with a lowercase t yeah. um, about, you know, about ourselves and what our skills are and what we can do and all this kind of stuff that we can kind of go through and they, they don't get challenged too much day to day. But like for yourself, when you when you kind of, you know, capital T truth, see this thing about yourself that says, no, I can't live the way everyone else wants me to live anymore. I have to be authentic. Mm. You can't unsee that. No, you can't unsee that. You can't unsee it. And once That's it's right. there, you either embrace it like you did. And, you know, I mean, you mentioned, I think last time we talked too, you kind of spent a few months just staring out the window, kind of like... Yeah. Regrouping. Regrouping. But yeah. you can't go back to oh, well, I've realized this amazing thing about myself, but I'm going to stuff it back in a box. Like, it's like, you know, Jack's out of the box, you know? Yeah. And that's the way it is now. Yeah. Um, and this is going to sound really sort of navel-gazy, mm-hmm. um, but I actually learned a bit about myself too. Yeah, and that, cool. um, I'm sure you're probably familiar with the Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. personality. I am. So I just did a bit more research about, you yeah. know, what makes me tick and... Yeah. What, what was your profile, by the way? Do you remember? INFJ. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Weird person. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it just made me... One of the things with um, my particular personality type is we do tend to reflect other personalities. Mm. Um, and so that's one of the things that when you asked me how I did all that admin for so many years, when right. clearly that's not my authentic self in, in terms of that's not my major talent family, yeah, that's right. working on my, in my 20%, not my 80%, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I can do admin, I mm. can organise, but sure. it is the 20% of me, not the 80% yeah. of me. It's not what I love to do. Yeah, of course. Um, but one thing I think you do is you put on that personality a bit, that... Right. that Hyper organized, uh huh. Um, deadline meeting, mm. Mm. person, you know, rule abiding personality. Yeah. When actually, I vastly prefer to make my own rules. <laughs> <laughs> Truth be told. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's um, interesting. Yeah. So, so I did. I I I regrouped. I sat. Yeah in the spirit chair uh-huh. <laughs> and looked out the window and yeah. um, read lots of books and mm-hmm. cleaned my house. And, What'd you read? Um, oh, quite a lot of Bosch. Bosch? <laughs> Bosch? Oh! I don't know Bosch. Um, the author is Michael Connolly in it's a detective series. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, about right. a guy called Harry Bosch. Okay. So, um, I, I, I like a bit of darkness. <laughs> You can, you can you can tell me that, Neve. That's fine. Bit of gore. I'm, I'm quite okay of, with that. I like a mystery. Oh yeah, okay. Is, is what it is. I I like. I love Agatha Christie. Uh huh. Um, yeah, and and also 
like to read things that make me laugh because you've got to uh-huh. have a good laugh, right? Yeah. If you're feeling a bit down in the dumps, what yes. you've got to do is go to um, autocorrect fails. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, you know, you've just got to yeah. have a good laugh until yeah. you wet your pants and then you feel uh-huh. so much better. <laughs> yeah, and then you got to change your pants. But, you know. <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> it's always worthwhile. It's yeah. never a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then with starting the cake business, so like I said before, I was asked to do a couple of cakes. Mm. And then um, someone I know who runs a marketing company heard that I was making cakes. Mm -hmm. And they were at the end of a contract with a big client Mm. um, creating manuals for forestry workers. And so they asked me to make a tree stump Mm. with a replica still chainsaw. Now, I had not set out to do fondant cakes, which is... Um, cakes that look like stuff. Yeah, the that very smooth white icing that you roll out and cover a cake uh-huh. with is fondant. And um, I, it's quite hard to work with. It's a, It takes a lot of getting to know. Yeah. And it is usually the leading cause of frustration in my kitchen <laughs> and me wanting to quit my job. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's usually all around fondant. Yeah, right. So, so it's the other F word. Yeah, it really is. Um, <laughs> but I said yes because one of my little philosophies in life is that you say yes, I can. Yeah, right. And then you figure out how. <laughs> uh-huh. well. um, otherwise, you never challenge yourself or you don't learn anything. You've mm. got to actually just stand at the edge of the cliff. Mm. Stand at the precipice and just say, Stare yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yeah. <laughs> and then call a friend yeah. <laughs> to help you. But, yeah. Um, so I made this tree stump and replica still chainsaw. Mm. And uh, they loved it. Yeah. I loved it. It looked great. I've seen the photos. I quite it often... Was, thank you. Yeah. I quite often don't like my own work. I loved it. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that really was the catalyst for me to invest more energy and time into the business. Mm. And You mentioned that was your kind of like aha moment of being like, hey, wait a minute. I can do this. Yeah. yeah. And I really like making things that look real now. Yeah. Things that... Like, I really want to make like a golf bag. I hate golf. Yeah. I really want to make a golf bag because mm-hmm. I think that's got a cool shape and lots of right. cool detail. Right, a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah. Huh. I made a um, Kath Kidston handbag cake. Yeah. And it was for a friend, so I delivered it to the party because I was attending the party, and I'd made it at the last minute. Uh-huh. Actually, she'd ordered it at the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I didn't... I was only taking it around the corner. I didn't package it up. Yeah. Um for heavy travel but I forgot about the steep driveway uh-huh. uh, which is like insanely steep like my car can hardly <laughs> get down it and hardly get up it yeah um and it fell over halfway through halfway down the driveway at the steepest point right and so when I got it to the party we had to sort of it had slidden off its board mm. and we had to prop it up with a mortar and pestle uh-huh um, but the great thing about that little cake fail was that it looked real. It had like a slump <laughs> at the bottom, like there was right. a wallet and a few yeah. sunnies in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and people walking past the table going, where's the cake? I, I can only see I a bag. Someone's left their handbag on the on the <laughs> table, but there's no cake. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> 
So how many of those like do you have the energy for in a week? Like if you're going to make a a cake like that. Oh, uh, probably one is what I have yeah. the energy for, but I usually end up doing quite a lot more than that. <laughs> Why? So I've got next week I've got eight cakes. Wow. Um I don't have to deal with that. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> it's okay. I've phoned a friend of All right. I um have a friend who is actually a very talented cake decorator who uh-huh. has a couple of part-time jobs and so okay. she usually has a day a week free if I need oh, her. Nice. So, okay. Yeah, and she's very lovely and she likes working with me, which is awesome. Don't so we all need? Don't we we all? have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and we decorate cakes. Yeah. Um, the tricky thing with cakes is that they're a fresh product. Yeah. They're perishable. You uh-huh. know, a cake that's too old tastes the key. Yeah. And I like to make tastes that tastes that cake good cakes that taste good <laughs> thanks for clarifying yeah <laughs> um it's not just about the looks it's mm. actually the flavors and, mm. and they have to be beautiful and moist and delicious and with yummy fillings and yeah yeah it's so. a full multi-sensory experience well if it you know if you want a cake that tastes like cardboard you can go to countdown and get lightning mcqueen for 29 dollars yeah right I can't make Lightning McQueen for twenty nine dollars. So, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I could make Lightning McQueen for any length of money, so any amount of money. So yeah, you there know. you go. <laughs> so, what's next for you then? You thought about that? One day, I'd quite like to have a wedding venue, actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. What would you call it? I don't know what I'd call it. I haven't given it a name. Happily never after. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> be honest that is amazing you won't be invited to the name or, or, or you could do it like an Elvis chapel and it can be like Neva Las Vegas no you see name puns Neve. name puns that's where it's at it's what all the kids want these days <laughs> not for the wedding. No, okay, maybe not. <laughs> no. Um, wedding venue, though. Okay. Yeah. Cool. One day, I would like that. Why not? Just something really um, different. Yeah. But rustic. Uh huh. Yeah. How does it look in your in your mind's eye? Tell me about it. Um. Oh, it's quite hard for me to actually share this because I'm quite private about it. But, um. So, basically, a blank canvas, really. So it's uh-huh. a, a a barn, uh-huh. um, but very, just very high, high ceiling and pitched roof, and um, and you can do anything with it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, a proper full registered kitchen, so that people can have caterers there or whatever, and. Mm-hmm. Um, a picking garden. A picking garden. A picking garden. So I can pick flowers from it and decorate right. the venue. That's because hypothetically, <laughs> if someone listening didn't know what a picking garden was, mainly this guy. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. So a picking garden. What a else? A picking garden. Um, a dog wearing a flower crown. <laughs> Where does one source a dog wearing a flower crown these days? Well, first you have to get the dog and then that you is, just make the flower crown. Yeah, I did wonder. Um... Yeah, so cool. that is something that I've dreamt of for a long time, actually. Yeah. A really 
just a really cool wedding venue that's not ridiculously expensive for people that mm-hmm. um, it can be a bit of a one-stop shop really they can just turn up mm. everything's taken care of they don't need to hire a separate florist and an event manager and a cake decorator and a sure. caterer and a DJ and all that because it's all just it's all there. there yeah yeah it's all just we can do that for you we can take care of that for you what style would you like for your music awesome and, um, yeah we I'd, have the I'd connections use ven- i'd use your venue neve i know you would andrew <laughs> just need a girlfriend yeah well you know we can put those applications through at the end of the program as well right <laughs> listeners andrew's very good looking very oh, eligible stop it. and he really needs a woman in his life thanks neve <laughs> After, after an endorsement like that, how could I go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Applications too. The Andrew Curtis Show at gmail.com. Um, that sounds cool though. So you've been toying with this for a little while then. A long time. How long's a long time? Probably about five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I reckon you should do it. I reckon too. All right. Yeah. So if somebody has a wedding venue that they want you to take over... Or failing that, they want you to make a cake for them or yeah. see the amazing quality of your work. How do they do that? Uh, little Dormouse Cakes on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can email me at dearlittledormouse at gmail.com. Neve, you are a star. Thanks for round two. Thank you, Andrew. We managed to fill the time. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You and I found something to talk about for an hour. Oh, oh that's never be happened before. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm now convinced of uh, this one thing about human nature, that there are two types of people in this world, people who love Neva Leota and people who have no soul at all. Cool lady, hey. Um, so Little Dormouse Cakes um, on Facebook. You can find her work. You can contact her that way. Uh, and uh, if you wanted to run your wedding venue, um, looks like she is in the market for that opportunity. So um, what a cool story though, right? Um, I could relate to a heck of a lot of that, which I think came across. Um when you are a creative person living in a world that seems to really want administrators, uh, what do you do? How do you find a way to express that? And um, at the risk of reiterating what she had already spoken about, the cool thing for me was that really the moment just came where, well, I'm just going to do it. You know, you can put these things off for a long period of time and feel frustrated about where you're at, or you can do what Neve did and just do something incredible. Excuse me. So all to say that's us for another week. Always a pleasure to have you with me and you can always get in contact too via the Andrew Curtis Show at gmail.com. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for you.